Welcome back to Podcast Recovery, everyone. We're your hosts, David O. And Carly R. And today we're joined by our very special friend, Rebecca. How are we doing today? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Doing good, yeah. Becky. Doing good. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. <laughs> oh, dude, that's a dick move. That's you not started cool. it. I did. Um, where are you from? I am from uh, a small town in West Virginia. What's the name of the small town? Um, uh, so... It, I'm originally from Bridgeport. I lived in Lost Creek uh, for a while. It's about 40 minutes south of Morgantown where oh, WVU is. So you're full on Ooh. Appalachian. I am. Why'd I am full here? redneck. Why'd you move here? Um, so I have family in uh, Virginia, so that's why I moved there after uh, after school. And then my sister moved up here, and she just had a baby, so I moved up here to be closer to my nephew. You've just been oh. incrementally moving on up. Virginia, West Virginia, and now the glory of Maryland. You're welcome. <laughs> um, when were you first introduced to recovery? Um, so the first time I was introduced to recovery was probably in 2017 when my sister first uh, started going to AA. Mm -hmm. um, I was an addict at that uh, point, but definitely not ready to uh, to admit it. And she started having me come to meetings as uh, mm -hmm. a way to quote unquote support her. Yeah. Um, to kind of plant that uh, plant that seed for me. Um, Dope fiend, you didn't do it. No, I did not do it. I would go to uh, AA meetings and then just sit there uncomfortably and then go get drunk by myself afterwards. Um, nice. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, I didn't actually come around for myself for another uh, another couple years um, huh? after that. But, and how long have you been clean? Um, I've been clean for four and a half years. Uh, my sobriety clean date um, is uh, January 4th, 2019. Fantastic. And with all that out of the way, we're going to turn it over to you to share your story with us. So take it away. All right. Um, so to, to the hills of West Virginia. To the hills of West Virginia. Um, so I'm going to start by saying that I'm nervous uh, because I have been in my head about this uh, basically all week. Um, I so I guess it's not live. It's not like anybody's like I know, but I so we I came from a pretty fucked up family, um, as I'm sure a lot of us uh, did. Uh, my dad was a uh, alcoholic. Still, I was about to throw a dig at West Virginia in there. I was like, well, that tracks for West Virginia, but I, you know, West Virginia is beautiful. It is beautiful, but our fuck upness did not start until we moved to West Virginia when I was like 12. So <laughs> I okay. resent West Virginia so much. <laughs> Quick digression. I'm sure Eric has seen it. Have you ever seen, uh, what is it? The, uh, wonderful wild whites of west virginia about the white family yeah dude yeah they're crazy have you ever seen yeah. that it's like a really like old kind of like inbred family from west virginia and they it's like it's actually, pretty crazy um they have like this weird uh genetic disease that all of them have it's a super recessive trait where they're like yeah. have a blue hue to their uh skin it's crazy yeah wait there's smurfs yeah, yeah. have you not I'm seen good. that eric oh. eric i feel like you would have seen that <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's yeah, it's the wonderful wild whites of West Virginia. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so we, Anyways, did, we did digressing. Um, so my like I said, my dad was a, a active alcoholic growing up. My mom has a lot of uh, mental health issues, um, and all of that really kind of uh, 
spiraled when we uh, when we moved. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom's depression got super bad. My dad's drinking got uh, super bad. Um, and uh, sh- I was put in a situation where I kind of didn't have any parental uh, parental figures. Um, I was uh, started becoming responsible for basically taking care of my mother. Um, I developed a lot of um, anxiety and depression um, around that. Mm -hmm. Um, My, basically, I would come home and find my mom just like unconscious, um, either because she OD'd or because of a lot of mental health uh, issues that she she had, where she would just like pass out. Yeah. Um, So it became this thing where I just had this constant anxiety Mm -hmm. um, all of the time. Um, I started, I guess, everything started with drinking. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I was... What was your first drink? Uh, Jack Daniels. I <laughs> That's so West Virginia. Yep. I was 14, I think, maybe had just turned 15. And my sister and her friends had picked me up from my uh, boyfriend's house. That's I, going hard right off the bat. Yep, I, That's not playing around. My sister handed me a bottle of the Jack bottle. Daniels. I took, a, I took a swig of it. Um, I remember everything from like that burning sensation Ugh. as it goes down. Yeah. The warm feeling that then like spread Yuck. throughout my body. But the yeah. thing I remembered most about that is that my anxiety finally shut the fuck up mm-hmm. for at least a yeah. little bit. And that's kind of where... Traveling down your story, were you a were you a whiskey drinker? Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, we were wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were both wrong. What about you, Eric? Uh, I'm so I'm so, I'm still worried about the white family. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's his job. He's he's the man behind the curtain. So so wait, someone named Sue Bob? Like, that's like someone's <laughs> name? Like, have you met other people named Sue Bob? Sue Bob? No. Not but, specifically Bob. Sue Bob. Like, Dude, I, but a lot of, like... Appalachia s- and the South are totally there. A lot there. of women will have, like, double names, and their middle name will be, like, their dad's name. Oh, so yeah. So there will be a lot De- of, Deborah like, Jean, Ginger yeah. Lynn, like, whatever. Yeah, so Ginger Lynn is totally Ginger a porn star, by the way. That's not Sue Bob. Like, you yeah. know, it's, it's not... So, like, well, Billy Bob Thornton. I mean, there well, you like, go. That's, that's, not like, that's oh, a dude. Oh, I know, but I'm just saying. Or Penelope George. You yeah. know, like. That's not a bad name. That flows. I know. Yeah, but that actually I'm just goes. Natural, what can I say? But what, what what was your what was your go to? We got two uh, we got two two high school? Two rums and a whiskey. Just throw over your whole story. Um You seem like a gin guy. I, I appreciate it. Good gin. Ew, gin um, is disgusting. It's like pine needles. It's it's, it's disgusting. Uh, it's made from juniper berries. Yeah, it's fucking gross. I I think when I was younger it was whiskey, and then when I was in my twenties it was probably vodka. Yeah. yeah. Don't drink, everybody. It is disgusting and vile, and you're literally drinking poison. So just think about that next time you try and take a shot. It is anyway, <laughs> moving on. Moving on. Um, so yeah, I was 14, 15 years old. Uh-huh. I uh, took Jack to the face, yep. <laughs> um, yep. and my anxiety shut up for the first time mm-hmm. um, that I could ever remember. Um, and I continued to just chase that feeling um, for the next fifteen years. Um, 
I always find it interesting when I go to uh, meetings and people lead and say like what their drug of choice was because mm-hmm. I I didn't particularly have a drug of choice. I would use anything and everything that I could to just not feel what I was feeling. Yeah. Um, it I went through periods where I would use like specific drugs more so than others, but mm-hmm. it was not a no. I I don't know that I would even say that I was ever physically addicted to any specific thing. It was all kind of more of a mental game for me. Of yeah. Not. Uh, I would get different vibes like, oh, I'm really feeling like some hallucinogens. Yeah. Like, I need, well, who has the hallucinogens? And yeah. it's like, oh, who has the fucking pills? Who has the powders? Whatever. Yeah. And, and then you dump them all into one. Yeah, and you just you dump them onto one, and you use them to kind of temper the others. Yes, so you can just yeah, keep you gotta this eat. level of not feeling. And you only get the cocktail right possible. once in your life, and then you chase that dragon forever. Yep, you got the right amount of alcohol and cocaine with pills, with weed, with everything, and then you were like, "Oh my god, this is it." This was it. Oh, okay. And you try to remember it, and you were like, "Okay, it was two shots of this, one blunt of this," duh, 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 and it but never worked I've- again. Because I don't actually remember what any of that. No, you was forget it the because... next day. No, you have no idea. So, I uh, yeah. So, I used a lot of different things. I was uh, pretty heavy into um, pills, uh, Vicodin. Um, uh, by the time I graduated high school, how old are you? I'm 33 as of yesterday. Okay, so we're all generally the same. Oh, well, Oxy- happy belated birthday! Thank you. Yeah, happy birthday. We are yes. all the Oxycontin generation. Yes. Um, we should just be Generation OC. <laughs> that should just be the name Gen- of our generation. Generation Purdue. <laughs> yeah. No, it was du- I thought it was DuPont. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> um, uh, so uh, I also grew up in West Virginia during mm-hmm. the height of the uh, opioid uh, epidemic. Oh, yeah. So that's where That was more, like the epicenter of it. Yep. That's where they started it with yep. like coal miners and yep. shit. So it was really easy to get my hands on basically anything that I uh, mm-hmm. that I wanted. Um, I also have some chronic illnesses, uh, so I was prescribed uh, Vicodin and uh, hydrocodone cough syrup for like, two straight years. Oh, uh, that's Between the jam. ages of 16 and uh, 17. Is that lean? Is that the, like, yeah. the yep. ingredients of lean? Yeah. Yep. Promethazine and shit. Oh, that yep. was mine. That was... So uh, that... Was uh, I wasn't that cool. That Shocking, Eric! Started, you weren't uh, that cool. <laughs> definitely started me on a uh, on the path of opioid uh, addiction. Oh yeah. Um, I also uh, my sister is uh, is two years older than me, so she uh, went to college again about forty minutes away uh, before uh, two years before I did, um, mm-hmm. and so I started going and hanging out with uh, people I had no business uh, being around. Um, I started dating a coke dealer when i was 17 of Um, course i uh he was 22 so that was super legal Um, you women and your coke dealers you just you know i mean why would i pay smart why would i pay for things that i I know it's the way to go coke's super expensive too oh yeah it's a good investment on your part it's true it's it's just a business decision at that point like you could look however you looked. It doesn't matter. You have cheap coke. And there you go. Oh, he cheated on me all the time. He cheated on me with my sister, and I stayed with him. Because oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's crazy. Yeah. That's a bit much. It was. That's a whole a whole drama that... Yeah, we're not going to get into that. We're going to glaze right over that yep. one and keep moving. Okay. Point being, 
I didn't care because mm-hmm. Coke. <laughs> um, and I... So by the time I got to uh, college, um, I was able to keep my shit together uh, pretty easily uh, because one, I was kind of rotating through uh, mm-hmm. drugs to yeah. It was basically my way of not getting quote unquote addicted to. Uh, Can I ask to where anything. you went to college? Or are you a mountaineer? WVU, yeah. Oh, nice. Um, WVU, and then I went to grad school in Mississippi. I feel like you would have loved being. You could totally be a, a mountaineer chick. Mm. Oh. This. I think you would have loved it. The seagull over here. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, the oh, seagull. Yeah. You yeah. say the seagull is going to go to the hills? She could have. She loves the mountains. I do, but yeah. I like how like that was never even that. an option. Really? Never even considered it. Oh, that's such a big place, or like this area. It's it, UMD or, or West Virginia is pretty yeah. much where you go. I mean, West Virginia is cheap as shit, even as yeah. out of state. It's a, so it's, it's a good school. Meh. For party, for some things, it's a very good party school. Yeah, party yes, school. I know that. Yes. Anyway. Anyways. So you're um, mountaineering. So I'm mountaineering, and I. Uh, basically had a really bad come down from molly one day and i realized Shocking. that yeah um <laughs> i i was unhappy with like <clears throat> where it was headed like i knew that i was headed down a like bad road and i mm-hmm. decided then that i was going to stop using drugs and i quit everything cold turkey drinking Ugh. uh using um smoking like cigarettes just like just on a whim everything for wow. on a molly come down on a molly come down real post molly depression post molly depression sure. when you already are it. super depressed like oh was, yeah yeah it was uh oh yeah kind of a you, kick in the ass and i stopped yeah, everything all your dopamine yeah. receptors are just like we're done yeah. here <laughs> and i already had limited dopamine receptors. yes um but i stopped everything for like a year and a half um and that was all it took to convince me that i didn't have a problem mm. and that i could manage it um so uh, when i turned 21 and everything was or when I was legal to do things, I'm like, oh, I can, I can just start drinking again. I yeah. um, obviously don't have a problem. It's normal to come home and have a uh, glass of wine or yeah. a cocktail or whatever. Um, and then everything just quickly spiraled back to exactly of where, course. where it had been. It, um, it, it's funny how such a short amount of time can fuck with your brain. Because at 20 or 21... Like, I know I was like, oh, I was just a stupid 18-year-old. Yeah. And it's like, dude, now you're just now a I'm stupid 21-year-old. Yeah. yeah. Like, but I had gotten myself, I was out of my hometown where, like, I had all that depression and anxiety. Like, I had my own life, like, separate from my mm-hmm. fucked up family that yeah. I was uh, uh, dealing with. Um, and I thought that I could just be a normal 21-year-old who drinks and parties and mm-hmm doesn't have a a lot of consequences uh, from it. Um, I ended up getting sick again. Um, I have chronic respiratory issues Mm -hmm. um, and uh, pulmonary fibrosis. And so they put me on uh, cough suppressants a lot. So they gave me, I was on another like two month course of uh, hydrocodone um, that I started then just mixing with my uh, whiskey. Oh yeah. Um, And then everything just uh, quickly spiraled back to uh, where it had been 
um, a few years prior. Um, however, I was still able to get my shit to get or keep my shit together. I uh, graduated on time. I went to vet school. Um, That's impressive. Yeah, I again, I was. I attribute a lot of that to the fact that I went to public school in West Virginia and I didn't actually have to work that hard to do well. Because if Fair I enough. if I actually <laughs> had to like apply myself to do well, like I never would have done anything. Like I did the bare minimum. Mm-hmm. Um, but I luckily was smart enough that I was able to do the bare minimum and mm-hmm. still kind of uh, get by and get into school um, or grad school. Um, in grad school, I fell into a group of people who uh, partied the same way that I did. Um, and it was all very normalized. Um, oh, yeah. My using switched from uh, opioids to more uh stimulants coke and uh adderall mm-hmm. because we needed to be awake for yeah ever yeah. um i need to study for a hundred hours straight yep i at one point i had been awake for 96 hours or something Whoa. obscene like that um <laughs> and uh, i love I, when eric chimes in it's so great because it's just at the random time you, whoa <laughs> Um, and uh, one of my friends had, uh, during that time, it was during finals, my sophomore year. Um, and one of my friends had, uh, attempted suicide. Mm. Um, and I basically just messaged my professor and I was just like, I've been awake for 96 hours and I can't take this test today. And for some reason they were, they didn't like question how I possibly had been awake for 96 hours. Yeah. And they were like, okay, yeah. let me like take it later. So... I I don't know, um, but <laughs> somehow managed to uh, stimulant my way through uh, through vet school. Mm-hmm. Um, when I graduated, they uh, they give you a DEA license. Um, yeah. Wait, what? Yeah. Who? The DEA. What? Because I, you're a vet. Because I can. Oh yeah. Prescribe controlled medications. Yeah, yeah, you can yeah, yeah, you can prescribe fucking ketamine and shit. Yeah. Oh shit. Um, so that could have gone that. very badly. Yeah. Um, but at that point I actually stopped using harder drugs and mm-hmm. everything just switched over to drinking. Mm-hmm. Um so drinking is ultimately what kind of took me down. Mm-hmm. Um because I And it became, at that point, noticeably unmanageable for me. Um, Mm -hmm. I know that, like, looking back now, I can point out where everything was unmanageable years and years before it actually, like, I admitted that it was. Yeah. Um, But once I kind of stopped um, alternating through things and uh, kind of focused all of that into one substance... I realized that I couldn't control it anymore. Yeah. Um, because what I thought had been controlling was really controlling it was really yeah, just yeah. cycling and using yeah. different things and mm-hmm. being like, I don't have a problem because I haven't used Coke in three months. Now, was it out of sort of like a a like mm, a desire for quote unquote respectability like now that you had graduated college you're like okay i can't do these Um, but i have to maintain so oh alcohol is acceptable yeah so that was kind of it i'm sure it wasn't conscious it it wasn't conscious and 
part of it more was that I was, I had worked really hard and to get where I was. And it mm-hmm. was something that I had wanted my entire life. And I didn't want to fuck it up by okay. yeah. getting, so, yeah, in the realm of getting that. my uh, DA license revoked. Yeah. Um, so it was like a semi-conscious decision um, because I I didn't want to risk my career uh, mm-hmm. over it. Um, so I said, fuck it. I'll just use what's legal. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's when I um, kind of uh, started started really spiraling. Um, I continued to drink and party the same way that I had uh, when I was in school, um, except... I no longer had that peer group uh, to deal mm-hmm. with, so it became a lot of uh, self partying, self partying, drinking by myself. Um, I also lost my entire like support system, so mm-hmm. my depression and anxiety started really taking off. Um, uh, my job is super stressful. I'm an ER uh, veterinarian, um, so not only do we deal <clears throat> with uh, really really shitty cases we deal with very abusive uh clients uh because they are in crisis mode and yeah we're the easiest people to take it out on um there's actually side note um a really really high rate of mental health issues and suicide within the uh, veterinary depression um like it's the really yeah, it's the huh. highest rate of uh suicide amongst any profession in the united states um so it's really yeah it's really really common um it's terrible so uh, i well because like you're you're in the thick of like watching the worst parts of something you love yeah and uh, you're it's also things like compassion are you okay (laughs) that makes me sad yeah it's compassion fatigue decision Uh fatigue it's Mm -hmm. dealing with the abusive uh clients all the time uh, but also being like their emotional support um but it's also that um we use euthanasia as a way to stop suffering Mm-hmm. So it becomes a more viable option mm. for. Oh us. my god! Yeah. I oh, thought about that oh my god! Guys. I never thought about that. But it makes so much sense. Oh my god! Yeah, so you start to like rationalize it for yep. yourself. So. Uh, oh my goodness! That's crazy. Yeah. That being said, <laughs> um, I uh, I got into a pretty dark place um, in starting in like two thousand. 17 i graduated Mm -hmm. uh vet school in 2016 um by 2017 i was getting like blackout drunk by myself every day Mm -hmm. um it was it was always a i came home and by the way i work nights so i'm getting plastered at like seven o'clock in the morning Um, nice yes um so i would be sitting like at home um drinking by myself, basically sitting in my bedroom, trying to just make my brain shut up. And half Mm. the time it would work. And half the time I would just go into these uh, spirals of... Oh, yeah. You're just crying. Just crying alone in my room, wanting to die. Yeah. Um, And uh, that lasted for another two years (laughs) until I I got sober. We Um, are a stubborn folk. Yes. Um, (laughs) So uh, when I finally stop drinking um i had gotten into a relationship with uh this piece of shit guy um they're all they're always a piece of shit 
No, they aren't. No, they aren't. But I like that you prefaced it. Yes, they are. No. Uh, so are you saying you're a piece of shit guy? One hundred percent. Absolutely. Oh, Matt. Now I'm only like eighty-three percent, but yeah, I'm still up there, dude. You're um, not great either. You're not a, like don't yeah. You're a turd too, Eric. But I love you. You're my you're my turd. I mean, he likes he does like turds. Like, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I got into a relationship with a really abusive uh, gentleman, mm-hmm. um, and he would. So he's the first person who like actively pointed out to me that my drinking was an issue, but he pointed it out in a way that was like not caring about me, but pointing out how it made me a bad person and it made yeah. me like it fucked mm-hmm. like it fucked with his life. Um, and uh, he would use my drinking to kind of justify uh, treating me like shit. Um, so he was just a sociopath. Yeah, yeah basically. Um, and then that backfired on him because I just drank at him instead. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I basically, uh, when I finally (coughs) accepted and realized that it was a problem was we had gotten in enough fights um, about it that one day I was just like, fine, whatever, I'm gonna, I'll just stop. This mm-hmm. isn't worth arguing about every day. I'm like, I'm done with this. Yeah. And that lasted exactly two days. Um, nice. And then it was this just cycle of uh, hiding it because we lived together, but I still, my lease wasn't up on my apartment yet. And mm. I lived like, my apartment was like down the road. So yeah. I would leave work at seven o'clock in the morning go buy the like liter and a half bottles of wine from the grocery store across the street, drink it at my apartment and then go home. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I do that. What kind of of wine are you drinking? Um, Pinot Grigio. Pinot Grigio. Okay. Was it a a box wine variety? Um, Sometimes um, I would either get the um, uh, crap. What is it called? Uh, The black box um, or Boda boxes are another okay. brand of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, or I would get just like the liter and a half barefoot wine because I did not care about fancy uh, at that point. Yeah. I just wanted cheap yeah. and effective. Yeah. Um, but I'm sorry. I'm going to have to say it. Anybody who's listening out there, mostly white women, if you're drinking barefoot wine, you're a, ba- you're a basic bitch. It's okay. Oh, yeah. No, it's okay. I was a basic bitch. Not, I, not only that, you're a basic alcoholic. <laughs> I, I like Especially people. if you're already listening to podcast recovery, you probably have a problem, but we love you. <laughs> I, I don't know. There's, you, there's, there's like much worse places to get than barefoot wine. Right. I, I mean, wine is I mean, wine I is wine. Franzia. No, I yeah, mean, or, yeah, or Boone's Farm. Or you're not going to Walgreens and buying like you know the Listerine variety. At, you know that point, there's other places to go. You know? I mean, I I always thought wine was bougie. Regard, you don't seem like a wine chick. I drank Riesling. Okay, yeah, that's seem, another basic. That seems like so that's pretty basic. I I, that. No, don't get me wrong. Sweet. I, pl- I couldn't I drink. I played yeah, slap I the bag at plenty of parties, yeah. but like, slap the bag at the bladders or whatever. Yes, yeah. that you, wine used to be my Sunday routine during Ravens games. <laughs> I would drink really? an entire large bottle yeah. oh during the game. Oh my god! Yeah, oh. and I had a huge like. Raven's wine glass that was like hand painted. I love you so much. <laughs> I love you so much. That's good. <laughs> That's terrible. It was, it was beautiful. It was terrible. 
It was a routine. And you know, when we won, it was like, well, I got to well, do it again Well, it works. You got to do it again next week. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, you're drinking your barefoot yeah. wine. You're hiding it from this yeah. guy. Okay. Basically, eventually he figured it out. And yeah. um, he raided my apartment and found all of the like wine glass or wine bottles and like receipts. <laughs> yeah. Um, and looked at me and told me that I was an alcoholic. And that, that was, I guess, in that moment, it actually like registered as true for me. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, and I started. Uh, he kind of gave me an ultimatum and I went to my first AA meeting for me uh, that night. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was at this like Lutheran church down the street from where we live, mm -hmm. uh, lived. Um, and I grew up Lutheran and I hadn't been to church in like 10, 15 years at that mm -hmm. point. And for whatever reason, the regular room that they were, that they held their meeting in was being used for something. So it was like in the sanctuary. Okay. So I went into That's this. super creepy. I went into this church. They had like this big ass like crucifix uh, yeah. behind the altar. Meetings in the I, basement are totally different yeah, than the sanctuary. Yeah, Once they're in I the just, sanctuary, it's just like, why is Jesus staring I, at me? I, I, I just sat in the sanctuary though. Like, were you raised anything, Eric? Yeah. No, you were just total, just you yeah. know. I got no, I got no quarrel with uh, you know that all that kind of like religious shit. Yeah, but out. I just I sat in like we were the, talking about this the other night. I sat in the Catholic back pew. Catholic and Presbyterian. Gotcha. I sat in the back pew. A homeless dude came and like passed out on the seat uh, next to me, Glorious. and I they started talking, and really? I just started bawling <laughs> like through the entire meeting yeah. like i have no idea oh, i cried through my first meeting i have too. no idea what was said during that meeting nope. i have no idea what happened during that meeting i know that like 30 women like came up and like hugged me and like put their numbers in my phone afterwards and yeah. i called absolutely none of them no. um and i continued to like white knuckle it by myself for another like two months before mm -hmm. i actually ended up uh coming into the rooms finding a sponsor and, mm -hmm. uh, and working the program um in that time i went to the emergency psych ward twice what up nice um for uh suicidal thoughts and tendencies uh mm -hmm. but when i got there i was able to convince them that it's I don't want to kill myself. I just don't want to be alive. So I avoided having to be hospitalized. And yeah, most just... people don't understand that distinction. No. Yeah. <laughs> and there is a big line there, which I blurred a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they uh, basically sent me my on my way with uh, some antidepressant prescriptions, and I continued to drink with them, and was just super oh, yeah. surprised that, like, for some reason, it wasn't working, and I still wanted to die. Yeah, and somehow I'm getting way drunker than before. <laughs> That's actually how my uh, boyfriend figured it out, is that I was drinking on it, and I got... Oh, yeah. Previously, I could handle drinking entire box, or box bottle, whatever, yeah. of wine, and, like, he wouldn't really notice, because I would just go home and go to bed. Yeah. But then when you had the... Yeah, do not do not mix psych meds. meds and alcohol. It is a don't do it. It's yeah, very, very I was bad. just like, yeah, like plastered, like yeah. blackout. Oh yeah, like not able to stand, yeah. puked in the living room, uh, drunk, Ugh. and he was just like, "Oh, you've been doing this the whole time." <laughs> um, so uh, sorry, they, Jeff. <laughs> sorry to disappoint you. So uh, what was his name say, Jeff? His name was Alex. <laughs> okay. Um, so needless to say, that hilarious. did not 
that did not work. Mm -hmm. Um, And I had another breakdown slash withdrawals slash wanting to die. Um, Mm -hmm. So I had to go back to the psych ward and they just mixed up my medications and uh, oh, yeah. Um, yeah so that was super fun <laughs> um but it was a couple days after the second trip to the psych ward that they that i finally like stopped mm-hmm. um and i i had a really hard time with the program uh when i first came in mm-hmm. um because it's one of those things where on paper i didn't look like what i thought an alcoholic or an addict uh was Mm -hmm. like i even like coming and talking about it today i got like part of why i get nervous is because like i feel like i don't have that like exciting of a story because it's like nothing big happened like i kept my job i have a good job but Um, but, like when when we think of like what like the quote-unquote exciting stories are oh they're like, horrible yeah we, like we've heard a lot of them yeah. like it, they're actually like tragic yeah as, and as i'm, whole, I'm like, it's very bad and i'm so grateful that i was able to stop before it got to that yeah to that point um but it's like it made it hard for me to compare in mm-hmm. um when i first uh, started coming because like i still had my career mm-hmm. i never got arrested i never yeah. lost i was never homeless i never did you have trouble with that too what yeah 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 because yeah, i mean yeah, comparing him because i the same way that you are like maintained all the way through college and like everything so it was like a functioning so i yeah. never thought that there it was a problem yeah so uh, it's what about you eric <laughs> what do you think too <laughs> i don't know honestly like well yeah, look at my life what do you think yeah, you were probably like, "Oh, I'm fine. I like, I graduated. I'm I'm running my own business. I'm doing my own yeah. thing." But also, you were banging dope, dude. So you so, know, at some point in your head, okay, yeah. But it, if it didn't ruin your life, then it wasn't an issue. Yeah, it's what's what's the like if you really think about manageability, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't. Well, now I feel hard. like a complete ass because <laughs> well, I came in and I was like, "I need this so bad." Well, yeah, but just think about that. Like, so like manageability can be like a really like messed up word for people sometimes. Like they, that was one of the things Tim and I talked about all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it wasn't my life was unmanageable; it's just mismanaged at certain areas. So the mm-hmm. way the way that my sponsor explained that to me that finally made it click for me was. My life was on paper manageable. Um, mm. She had me replace the word unmanageable with unbearable. Um, and that is when things finally kind of clicked. Yeah. Um, because Cause there's a surface management yeah. and then there's a deep management. Yeah, because honestly, like, yeah, my life is manageable in the sense that I was able to keep I, my house, keep my job, uh, yeah. um, keep that relationship until I finally got the courage to leave after a year of being sober. See, you um, guys only set, like, 80% of your lives on fire. Yeah. I set the whole thing on fire. But I was like, it's fuck not, this thing. It's not manageable to spend two straight years wanting to kill yourself. Yeah. I, so I think there's also, there's, some, there's a distinction there, though. Like, there's people... I think there's people who pay for their drugs, and then there's people who will do other things for their drugs. You know what I mean? Like, you pay for your drugs, right? Like, and that's why you worked. Like, you had this feeling, like, yeah, you'd steal probably sometimes, right? Like, you might do something a little sketchy, but 
you felt like you had to buy drugs. Yeah, but like, I mean, Carly, you bought drugs and then you would go to work, right? Yeah. Yeah. (sighs) It's a different mentality, I think, when you feel like you have to, like, I don't know, because you you still have this responsibility to like some sort of ethical code. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Because like, I've Friday never thought was of that. so important to me um, and why I had a Friday home group when I first started because that's when I got paid. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's fantastic. Good point, Eric. Never thought of that. So, unbearable. Yeah, so I, uh, my sponsor told me to look at it as uh, how my life had become unbearable and that made everything make a lot more sense mm-hmm. um, because... I was getting so hung up on the idea of like managing my life uh, that I wasn't considering all like the deeper like emotional like Mm -hmm. trauma I was putting myself through on a daily basis. Um, And uh, I didn't think of that as not being manageable, but I definitely saw how that was unbearable if I no longer wanted to be alive. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, that is when I started actually kind of throwing myself uh, into the program. Um, I... Had... uh, It took, like, nine months for me to, like, be able to even really start, like, working uh, the steps Mm -hmm. uh, to be able to kind of get past that first step of, like really being able to uh, commit to it. Um, I... I have uh, gone all the way through all 12 steps at uh, at this point. Congratulations. Um, thank you. Um, I... Uh, have gained a lot uh, from being in AA and NA. Um, but the I think the thing that I have uh, kind of gained the most um, is I live a life that's worth living to me uh, mm. now. Um, I have made amends not just to other people, but to myself. Um, I've been able to start showing myself... Uh, compassion and forgiveness and uh, have started working on being the kind of person that I respect and that I like. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's been able to kind of transform the relationship that I have with myself and the way that I think about myself. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, working the program has done the most for my, for my mental health. I've taken the antidepressants and the anti-anxiety medications. I've gone through therapy Mm -hmm. more times than I care to uh care to count Mm -hmm. and it's never like it helped but it never like clicked um going through the fourth and fifth step the ninth step um particularly the amends to myself um with that uh the living amends to myself with that uh, ninth step and then um just working on that personal like relationship um has been the only thing that's been able to get me to the point that I'm not going to pretend that I no longer have depression and anxiety, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I'm to the point where I don't consider like suicide as an option anymore. Yeah. It's not something that I like 
even on my like worst days, it's not something that I like go to. Yeah. Um, drinking is not something that I go to anymore. Mm-hmm. I've learned how to kind of sit with those emotions and live life on life's terms. Live life on life's terms <laughs> and kind of understand how to. I guess understand that it's okay to have those feelings, um, and it's okay to not be happy all the time and it's okay to not be perfect all the time and like to not put that pressure on myself to feel things that or to try to force myself to present that i'm feeling things that i don't uh, feel because yeah once once you start fighting your feelings then it it it, i feel like it just compounds the problem instead of just being willing to feel them and that's where all of my uh I, I will say all of my using came from is mm-hmm. like I learned from a very young age that it wasn't safe to have those emotions. Yeah. Um, and that my my issues weren't as bad as other people's. Mm-hmm. Um, so I needed to shove those down and deal with the more urgent issue of yeah. my my mother, my yeah. the other people in my family that had kind of more in your face mental health issues. Yes. Um, so I just shoved those down, didn't deal with them. Mm-hmm. Uh and uh, anytime they would surface, I just didn't know what to do with them. So I would use to make them stop. Yeah. Um, and being able to sit with those negative emotions and be able to have them and it not be the end of the world um, yeah. is something huge uh, that I've gained. And I know it sounds, I, I feel like it sounds like a morbid, like, piece of hope. <laughs> um, Love of, it. That that's like, the title, Eric. A morbid piece of hope. I, I, I heard it and I was like, I, I need to write that. Yep, that's the title. That's the title of your podcast. Nice. Um, but it's that's fantastic. It's a good band name. Like, I know. A, I I feel like it's kind of a beautiful thing though to like not hate myself for having these like negative emotions and to be able to deal with them and know that they're not yeah. a permanent thing. So. Mm-hmm. All right. I think that's what I got. All right. Perfect. Well, we definitely have some questions for right. you. I need to listen to some metal right now. <laughs> Please do. Do that for yourself. That's that's a good thing. Um, would you like to go first? Yes, I actually would. Fantastic. Thank you Take for asking yep. because I've lost a couple of my questions in the last like 10 minutes because we went over the whole managing and maintaining. Um, so you're a member of both NA and AA? Yes. Okay. Um so what is like are you working both programs like the steps in both um so took one of my questions and i'm very happy about it i'm currently working um i'm on step i'm going through them for the second uh time um and i'm doing the aa uh right now okay um i'm on step 11 uh for that Mm -hmm. um and once i finish that i am starting the na workbook uh, over again okay um to tack on to that like so is there like what's the comparison to both because i never actually have been to an aa meeting oh really what? really what really okay um oh, like yeah. so is there a comparison like are you getting something from one fellowship that maybe you don't get from the other like what's that like um so uh, real quick before you start answering anybody who anybody who's listening this is not like a comparison like oh one is right. better than the other we support both like go to both Go to go to whatever. Go to over, overeaters. Go to gamblers. Go to all the fellowships. We don't care. They they all have little quirks and little things about them, pros and cons. 
but they're all good for just find the one that fits you. Anyway, go. Um, so AA, I, you work the steps a lot faster. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a good way to kind of get through that. My ass is on fire and I need to do okay. this to kind of, uh, at least get somewhat mentally, uh, mentally stable. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, AA, I will say I have found to be a little more judgmental of outside issues. Okay. Um, so it is like, we don't talk about drug use mm-hmm. um, in AA meetings. And sometimes and I, that's from meeting to meeting. Yeah. And it, it does vary from meeting to meeting. I will say like at my home uh we had a clubhouse, uh, the Unity yeah. Club, and uh, I love how AA calls them clubhouses. It's it's, it's just funny. Yeah. To me. I like that. It's yeah. it's called the Unity Club. Like it has like five meeting rooms mm-hmm. and like a coffee bar and uh, and all of that. And uh, you, they would have like a, mostly AA meetings, mm-hmm. but they would also have NA meetings, uh, uh, CODA, uh, adult children um, of alcoholics, etc. Um, Eric, your cat just threw up. <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> like meetings there tended to be a little more uh open about everything but mm-hmm. um i a lot of people um at other meetings or and sometimes even in those meetings would be like like if you started talking about drug use um they would be like oh that's, that, that's an outside issue and like or even things like if you started talking about mental health they'd be like that's an outside issue and i think that it's insane to try to like address one or address i just hit oh my microphone. god he just <laughs> devastated the microphone that's fine um to try to address just your alcohol use without addressing the big picture well because it's so like intrinsically linked absolutely okay. well any anybody who has that opinion they're wrong yeah. i'm sorry because alcoholism is in the dsm it is a mental health issue yeah. therefore if you're talking about other analogous or ancillary yeah mental health issues it is still in the realm of what we are fucking talking uh, about in this meeting and all of my drinking and drug use was me self-treating yes one begets mm -hmm. the other yeah 100 how is that an outside issue like i'm sad so i'm going to drink yeah i can't talk about my fucking sadness it's also i like the people who are also just like i only did coke on the weekends you know i wasn't a drug addict so i just want to you know or the marijuana there's marijuana maintenance in 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 some sects of of aa but like it it is what it is like i mean again it's manageability it's unbearability it, it, it there's a whole lot to it yeah so i do like aa meetings because it is like that's where I started, and like, the Lord's Prayer creeps me out. Oh, they God, say I the Lord's it. Prayer instead I of the Serenity it, I Prayer. I hate it. They do both, and it. Oh, they do both. Yeah, that's we, too many prayers. And every that's too many prayers. Cut your prayers we end down. Every meeting with the Lord or the Serenity Prayer and the Lord's Prayer. Wait, that's really? a lot. I thought you started the meetings with this. Like last time I went to an AA meeting, it was like you start with Serenity and you close with, and you have to hold hands, which I hate. I'm like, I don't want to touch your hands. I don't know. Yeah, especially post 2020, that's just reckless. Oh no, we, that's we reckless. don't hold hands anymore. Yeah, no, don't uh, do that. Okay, good. But <laughs> no, we don't. It, it depends. It varies like state to state. Um, oh, I'm sure. Like, yeah, it's, it's Virgi- different everywhere. Virginia, oh, yes, like, yes. we also do halftime where we do all of our, like, what? We oh, do. At, that's your announcements. And that's everything? where we do no. our announcements and no. shows. Oh, that to- no. Yeah. 
Oh, so no. it threw me off a lot when I came up here and like it was just done at the end. Um, but NA, I feel, is more inclusive. Um, yeah. It, like, I definitely feel more comfortable opening up a lot about or about a lot of like the quote unquote mm-hmm. outside mm-hmm. Uh, issues. Yeah. Um, I do think that, um, in my own personal experience, um, it in like newcomers meetings for NA, um, I it takes longer when you are addicted to harder substances to get to a point where you can like really work on your uh, program or work on yourself, and that's why the NA yeah. program takes a lot longer to uh, to yeah. get through the steps. It doesn't mm-hmm. take that long to yeah dry out uh it takes <laughs> I like that. it takes a long That's time true. to like get your brain into a yeah healthy state after using mm-hmm. hard drugs for a long time um yeah so uh, well, I, yeah one is drying out of a sponge the other one is trying to unscramble an egg yes <laughs> um so i i have found that like meetings where there are a lot of newcomers in na i tend to just kind of zone out because it's just a lot of people rambling for a very long time yes. incohesively. Yes. Um, uh, which I get less of at newcomer meetings in AA. I know what you're... Okay. Um, so, uh, but the NA meetings that I've found that I like go to regularly um, where there is solid recovery mm-hmm. uh, in them are still very oh, yeah. beneficial. I'm not yeah. trying to like knock NA or anything like no, that. It's no, just, no, no. No, there's there's pros like I said. There's pros, there's and, pros and cons, cons to to my, everyone. My current <coughs> my current home groups in NA. <coughs> yeah, but <coughs> oh, I got a frog. Sorry. Can you look at it for me? Ah, that's a vet joke. Frog in my throat. Okay, terrible. Um, moving on. Anybody <laughs> as he crosses the frog. <laughs> uh, I've uh, wait. I'm jumping in. Um, since you're an AA person, how do you? F- and you're a woman. How do you feel about chapter eight? Mm. to what of the big book for the women yeah uh, oh um i had an entire like nine step devoted to bill wilson over to wives yeah um, how, i mean how do you feel like do you not like i mean I'm, i so it's very antiquated and misogynistic so it's very antiquated and misogynistic um bill wilson wrote it he did not let his wife write it as he was supposed to um, he was supposed to let his wife write his it. His wife was what? going to write it, and then he wrote it instead. Um, so uh, it it bothers me a lot because I feel like it's an alcoholic telling. That adds such insult to injury to it, that. Yeah, it, it's an alcoholic telling their partners and their loved ones. What I need, what you, you need, need to do. What you need to do to support me yeah um and i think that when it comes down to it even like as a woman it pisses me off but even as a like as an alcoholic we fucked over our loved ones and our families so much that i don't think we should get there to sit there and make demands on how they should treat us uh, now that we're in recovery yes if you put someone through hell and like not even like physically, but just like the emotional abuse that they, our loved ones went through mm-hmm. having to deal with us while we were using. Yeah. Um, I don't think we are in a position where we get to make demands of them on yeah. how they need to support us in our recovery. And if they want to leave because we treated them like shit, 
Just because we got sober doesn't that's a mean consequence that they need to of, stay. Yeah, yeah, that's a wreckage that of our past, hundred percent. Yeah. Um, so I hate to so wives. It makes worse. me so angry. And my that's <laughs> so much worse for me. Like, wow, I didn't know he wrote that. Yeah. Yeah. And my, yeah, my sponsor took it a little bit farther. Like when I was doing eight and nine, um, he basically told me he was like, "You have to prepare yourself for." basically the worst possible outcome mm-hmm. of this amends because if they're going to kick your ass you earned it and you have to take it yeah. like any sort of tongue lashing that you're going to get you earned it so there is no fighting back there is no like yeah but no uh-uh that like this is what you did and now this is their time and most of the time like pretty much i think like 99 percent of the time it it, it went fantastic yeah. but I, like there were definitely some conversations where it's like you fucked this up and and so you kind of have to eat that yeah um all right um do 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 this is going to be a round robin fun question uh for everybody but we're going to start with you rebecca since you are a vet what is your favorite dog and cat breed Ooh. um so dogs i I'm going to preface this by saying I do not think that they should exist, and I think that breeding them is unethical. I see see where you're going. Okay, I love me an English bulldog. Oh yeah, wrinkly and potatoey and stupid. Yes, but they have so many health. They have so many health problems. They can't can't. breathe. You know, I adopted a seven-year-old bulldog last year, and she is the love of my life. They are super sweet. She is so stupid (laughs) and so stretchy, and her tongue like can't stay in her mouth. Oh yeah, there's so many problems, but they're yeah okay. That's fair. And cats? Do you, um, have, do you have a favorite cat breed? Trash goblins. Trash all goblins. Of them. Love I, them. I love me just a feral ass cat that I pick up from the outside. <laughs> yes. Wait, you so all them, of my cats. You call them trash goblins? Yeah, that's where so yeah. I got one of my cats from. Just a street like, cat? Literally yeah. just like found by a dumpster. And I was just like, we named, she was called Oscar until we realized uh, that she was. Because of Oscar the Grouch? Yeah. Splendid. All right, Eric, what do you got? Um. Yeah, that's hard. Um, I, cause like there's there's like the breeds I like have met, and then there's the breeds I want. Yeah, right? you know, like I want a Savannah. Um, no, you don't. I want a Bengal. No, you don't. I do. I do. No, they're yeah. so they're so bad. Well, Bang. Well, Savannahs are like crazy, but Bengal, right? Like yeah. you know, like eh, I, I kind of want that. Um, I I I think the Maine Coon's also another one. Oh yeah. That I want. Oh um, yeah. If I had like out of the cats I have, I think the tortie is my favorite. Yeah. Um, Just yeah, yeah, like the American short hair. Mm-hmm. Um, and Classic. I like girls more than um, guy cats, um, which is probably a hot take. Uh, I, I, my cat. I, I'm I'm the opposite. I I think female dog, male cat. That's what I always had growing up. But since yes. I've been an adult, it's always been male dog. Uh, it, you know, cat. it 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 varies. It I mean, it depends on whatever. I it, like, like the bond. They're of all individuals. Cat. Like they choose a person. Yes, um, very much. Where my my like you know Elliot's just a whore. Oh dude, you know? oh dude loves everybody. Yeah, dude exactly. loves everybody. He's, like, he's he's not he he will go for anyone's hand. Um, mm-hmm. And then for dogs, I mean like I like Luna. Yeah, nice lab. Yeah, well she's not a lab. She's a uh, she's a mix, mix between yeah. a um, her mom was a golden retriever 
And then her dad was a border collie uh, German Shepherd. Oh. Yeah. I thought she was a lamb. Interesting. Yeah, All right. Lab. Carly, I, I know you, you feel cats are suspicious. Yeah, I don't trust them. Yeah. What? I don't like any breeds of cats. I don't trust them. Yeah. Because... They are they're shady. Evil. Yeah, they're shady. They they, cats to, will take over the world. I hope so. I hope It'll not. be a better world. Squirrels will take over the world. Well, I never had pets. Cats will like, never let that happen. Like, unca- I had caged pets growing up because my mom wouldn't let me have anything else. Um, so would you have, like, rabbits? Geckos. <gasps> oh, okay. Do you have sugar glider? Oh, my God. I no. love a sugar glider. so bad. Oh. And I'm that was because we did have a cat, and then my sister shoved the cat in, like, one of those... Uh, little bikes where you lift up the seat oh she put the i think it was a tabby cat shoved it in and like sat on it and then rode the bike around and my parents were afraid that after all the trauma that cat was put through that it wouldn't be very nice to me so we no longer had um is the cat okay the cat was fine I mean, there's like okay. Go to dog. We're gonna, we're gonna put I, this all in a box. Favorite favorite, favorite dog. Well, I know you're a lab chick. I was gonna say I'm a little biased because I have two fabulous. Okay. Boys. Okay. What about like a, a, a fantasy dog? Like, what what would you? I've like? always wanted a husky. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's a right lot. There with you. Yeah, it is That's a, a lot. lot. It's a lot of hair, a lot of energy, Lots. a lot of everything, but. I think um now that I've had my chocolate lab oh. and my black lab, oh. I don't oh. know if it's I want, ever want anything else. She has a picture of a sugar glider. Yeah, I don't know about that one. What Dude, it's, it's a flying had, squirrel. We had, we had geckos they're, they're and we also adorable. had a parrot. Oh, have you had a cream lab yet? No. I don't want the cream labs. No. Cream? Yeah, the cream lab. Okay. I th- the, well, at first I heard it, I was Korean lab, and I was <laughs> like, a Korean lab? I was like, okay. Um. All right. Uh, to do a mine real quick. Um, yeah, I love all cats. Cats are fantastic. I gotta go Maine Coon. No, I gotta go Maine Coon. Or I would also like a either like a Manx or a Scottish Fold because there's. I mean, dude, you gotta stick with the Taylor Swift crowd. I, I feel you. Yeah. What are they doing? What Scottish, Scottish Folds? Folds? Oh, you're I'm, Swifty now. Yeah, you're Swifty. <laughs> Apparently, I don't know. Um, dogs. Uh, I, I, I. Small dogs love Scotties. Big dogs. Uh, Irish Wolfhounds. Scottish Deerhound. Irish Wolfhounds look. Wild. Oh, they look fantastic. Celtic they're dogs. The, yeah, Celtic dogs. They're, <laughs> they're they're big, but they're such sweethearts. They like they really are. Um, okay, now a serious question. Um, dun, 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 dun. um <laughs> how do you treat your anxiety and depression in recovery? What do you mean? Like um I don't know. Uh ooh. How do you ha, has recovery helped you identify uh, triggers and coping mechanisms? Is oh, there anything fucker. specifically from recovery that has like crossed over to aid in those things? Yeah. So uh, first of all, I will say that um, what a tone change. <laughs> talking about cats and dogs now. It's like okay, anxiety and depression. Um, so I'm going to start by saying that I've. I've had a lot of opinions thrown at me in the rooms about whether or not you should take any like medication. Um, oh my god! And I will say more in AA than NA, which is amazing to me. More in uh, NA than AA. AA than NA. Oh, I get the yeah. like pushback of like you shouldn't be taking any like mood altering substances, and I was just and I'm 
You're not a fucking doctor. You're not a doctor. Um, I think that being clean, being sober, and knowing, like, prioritizing myself and my health um, allowed me to seek out an actual psychiatrist who got me on drugs that work for me to help keep it at a manageable uh, manageable level. Um, Also knowing that I have issues with addiction and not giving Mm -hmm. me drugs. Like I don't take like Xanax or Clonopin anymore. I take like maintenance uh, anxiety Mm -hmm. medications. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, SSRIs, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But as far as um, how I deal with my uh, depression uh, and anxiety uh, as it relates to the program, um, so uh, sorry, I just lost my train of thought. Um, it being able to uh, um, identify like the feelings that I'm actually having has mm-hmm. uh, become a lot easier. Yeah. Um, uh, now that I've kind of worked through um, uh, work through the steps um, and kind of identified the uh, like the patterns that I have and yeah. like the motivations that I have or the triggers that I have behind uh, all of my like character defects and uh, mm-hmm. behind all of my resentments and uh, all of that. So like getting like down to the base of that and understanding why things bother me and why things like create this uh anxiety like if it's the causality of the cause, our exact yeah, natures ex- exactly mm-hmm. and like understanding like oh th- this bothers me because it affects my feeling of security or it affects my ego mm-hmm. that i found is a huge thing particularly being oh, yeah. a female in the medical profession feeling like i'm not respected like that is a big thing that triggers my anxiety weird enough on the way over here I don't know why my brain got to this. I was like, why are f- male doctors bigger dicks than female doctors? I, I have, I, I have um, always found that I to be the case. I don't like male doctors. No, neither do I. Because I, male doctors... Neither do I. Male doctors, they and this a, is... They have a God complex. They have a, they have a God complex, and it has to do with stroking their ego and making money, whereas mm-hmm. women tend to go into it for the nurturing aspect yeah. of it. Yeah, yep. That's um, fair. Any nurses, any nurses. That is a gross like oversimplification, yeah. and it's not all men and not all women. And <laughs> no, I've yes, seen yes, it yes, the, yes. Uh, obviously, the opposite obviously. ways as well. Absolutely. So. Um, nurses are fucking angels, though. Yes. Any nurses out there, you're amazing. That text too. That text too. Absolutely. Hey, you're you're nurses. You're just you're, you're fur nurses. baby nurses. Yes. Fur yeah. Baby nurses. Um, but being able to being able to identify what is actually the cause of those uh, those feelings mm-hmm. um, and uh, being able to either address it or knowing that there's nothing I can do about it, the whole serenity yeah. thing, and being able to kind of let it go mm-hmm. um, has definitely uh, been really helpful. Um, I've learned a lot of, like, in-the-moment anxiety soothing uh, techniques through the 11-step and doing the... Mm-hmm. meditation the breathing exercises mm-hmm. that we yep. uh um that martin has been uh having us uh, do the the past few hilarious episode. The, dude eric like <laughs> there were a few weeks ago 
it was literally the worst fucking meditation I'd ever heard. This, this dude, like, yeah, he was like, feel it in your perineum. Yeah, do it. Do it. Feel it. It was just like, it was like push this the, weird, like, hype video. Through your perineum. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, dude, well, like, we were in, we started busted out laughing. Some dude just in the meeting? No, 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 no. We do a guided, guided meditation. meditation. And, but it was by, like, it might as well have been by, like, Logan Paul. It was fucking terrible. And I was just like, oh my God. I'm just Are laughing. Like, was it like a, what's that what's that workout stuff people drink like pre-workout yes it's like, like the dude yeah, like, yeah it was yeah, like a we, it was like a zuma version of a meditation yes exactly and it was just uh i i started laughing out loud brad did uh, you, so, like greg I, you did I, it was i it was held bad. it together until you opened your eyes and i made con I I, dude you, you were staring right at me <laughs> like i was because uh, i was like and I just opened my eyes and you're staring right at me. I was like, fuck, we're done. Like, no, the fourth, the fourth wall giggling, is broken. Usually if I'm giggling at something, you are also giggling at something. And I just wanted to not be the only one. Dude, dude I, I'm like, I could feel the palpable tension because you and Greg, like, I could like hear you guys like having an embolism right next to me. And I was like, is this happening? Oh my God, it is happening. And it, yeah, it was terrible. But yeah, um, um so lots of you know yeah. following the the exact natures and just how to counteract what you're feeling when you're feeling it. Yeah, and fantastic. I guess also understanding that it's not a permanent mm-hmm. thing. Yes. What you got, Carly? All of my questions have been asked. <laughs> you want to ask a donkey story? You can go for it. You know what I ask? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so. Uh, Christina, uh, in her story, abducted a donkey at one point. Mm-hmm. Left her left her dog, dog. abducted the donkey, so took it to a gas station, brought the donkey back. Donkey was fine. Dog was fine. Just an absolutely ridiculous using story, but also entertaining. Um, do you have a donkey story? Something entertaining and ridiculous that happened in your addiction? I so I listened to the episode when you found yours, and it that was, was like a, more of an asshole story, though. Yeah, but still very similar. It was along the same lines. I was I was shocked. I was shocked. I don't. It's hard anything. when you're put on the spot. It's hard yeah, when you put on the spot. Episodes to finally figure out. What yes, I it have. took. Yeah, it took her a while. And not everyone has one either. Yeah, no, I, not everybody. I will has say one. a lot of my using was like alone in my bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> so it's that's fair it's hard to have anything uh anything that ridiculous happen um i don't know like maybe you you slammed a half gallon of ice cream while rewatching all of daria i don't know that's a donkey story that's no, pretty that's not. pretty entertaining no it's not that's dude. pretty entertaining but okay, also it's, it's not, also sad it's not it's not stealing a donkey no it's not stealing a donkey it's not shitting golf holes dude like, i'm not that yeah. person anymore okay i think you were once you shouldn't call Yes, I did. Good. Several yes, times. Yeah. No, Several it's not times. good. It's not good. It is not good. Yes. I also thought it was once. <laughs> it was more than once. Is this like something you like travel around to? 
it was yeah, like it, it was a game for a while. Just, it wasn't just you me. Just like to it just go wasn't to me. The bathroom anywhere but an actual bathroom. It's terrible. You, you peed like, in mailboxes I, I, too. I did yeah. peel in mailboxes. So you're That's, I mean, I don't have any like terrible. Ridiculous, I was just a malicious, malicious. I don't have any shit. like ridiculous thing that I did while using, but probably the. I'll tell you the worst like trip i've ever had okay um so i was i had done mushrooms um i was in high school Mm -hmm. um and i thought i was done um so i went to drive home i went to drive home and it's october and so there are leaves everywhere and there are leaves like being blown across the road and my brain told me they were chipmunks and that i was just plowing through (laughs) fields of chipmunks um just murdering all of them and that's why i became a vet Um, so I had to pull over to the side of the road because I'm just sitting there absolutely like distraught because I've just murdered like 300 chipmunks with my vehicle. Um, and then it like, again, it's October, it's windy. So like the chipmunks started like like, falling on my car. And I just like called my boyfriend at the time, just sobbing. I'm just like, you need to come help me save these chipmunks. And he's just like, what an amazing call. I don't. What? what? I don't know what to do here. And mind you, he was also still tripping. So he was just like, I don't know how to deal with this right now. And just like hung up on me. So I just sat on the side of the road crying for like. I don't know how long. It could have been five minutes. It could have been three hours. Yes. I just sat in the middle of nowhere, West Virginia, crying over these crunched leaves <laughs> that I was just convinced were just amazing. desecrated chipmunks. So. That is amazing. That is 100% a donkey story and totally viable and amazing. And another I one of hers. I stopped using mushrooms after that. Yeah, good, I mean, call. good call. Good call. I killed tons of chipmunks. I, I, oh, yeah. Yours, how you, when you were tripping, you saw gnomes, and now mm-hmm. you have an obsession with yes. gnomes. Yes. Yeah. And it's a whole thing. Were they talking to you as well? They were doing a lot of things. Oh, okay. They were, they had the little, they had a little home in a tree that was in the middle of the lake, and they were just everywhere, and it nice. was fantastic. Nice. But yeah, but that is where my gnome obsession has come from. Yeah. I felt like I was like in this like fairy tale storybook. That sounds great. People don't do drugs, they, you know. You know cause yeah, because it didn't last. It didn't. It wasn't good the whole time. It got oh yeah, bad quickly it, get, after it that. gets crazy and it takes you to the edge, and you might not come back. So don't do drugs. Um, um, do I have any more questions? I can ask one actually. Okay. Um. So with being an NA and AA, do you understand the whole? addiction manifesting itself in other areas of your life oh absolutely okay Um, because i've been told that it's not an aa thing yeah um so it's not something that like we directly like you can find like in the literature Mm -hmm. but it Mm -hmm. is something that i've talked about like with my other friends in aa uh, and in na a lot um i have been like an addict since i was a child um it's and it's always been about finding a way to 
basically just like that serotonin rush that dopamine rush mm-hmm. not feeling the way that i feel um it has presented um or just finding a way to like feel like i'm in control mm-hmm. of my life uh, yeah. and in control of something like yep. it has presented in um self-harming and has presented mm-hmm. in um eating disorders mm-hmm. um and it will be i've had it present in like working out and like going like too extreme for like health stuff um Mm -hmm. i throw myself into my job and let it kind of uh control my life uh, Mm -hmm. way too much like i just because it i feel like it gives me a sense of purpose i guess Mm -hmm. and it makes me like i get that adrenaline dopamine uh endorphin rush uh with it and i'm not good at doing uh doing much of anything in moderation it's either a all in or not at all uh just everywhere um and it's something that i have to actively um work on uh and actively like check in with myself about um for basically anything that i anything that i do that it's not getting out of control and that i'm doing it even if it's something that is inherently healthy like working out you can take it to an extreme to the point that it's yeah not and it's dangerous Mm -hmm. or or you're just spending so much time mm -hmm. there you're neglecting all the other relationships in your life yeah and like last year that's how i injured myself that's why i had a cane for like three months Mm -hmm. i got to into like i injured myself during a uh, workout competition Mm -hmm. or a lifting competition rather Um, yeah so it's because i my ego said i could do more than i could (laughs) yeah yeah my wife still doesn't understand that because i won't buy like a lot of sweets or stuff at the grocery store because i will eat them all as soon as i get them i won't keep cereal in my house because i will eat an entire box of it in one sitting yeah 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 but yeah, my wife's like well if like we'll be in the aisle she's like and i'm just like eyeballing the fucking oreos and she's like just get some oreos i was like yeah, i'm gonna eat them all and then you're gonna bitch that you didn't ha- get any like i have a fucking problem i want to eat all the oreos they're like and they're no. 240 calories a cookie <laughs> oh my god are they really uh, at least at least not a yeah. cookie a no not per a cookie serving. per serving it's like which has got to be like four know. or five cookies it's, it's not three, five it's three cookies oh. <laughs> and it's 80 is calories it? a cookie now is this the regular or the double stuff uh, well double stuff like there isn't a regular thank part. you so, like, thank you Every, as soon as they invented double stuff why do they even yeah, have well, the regulars get, get rid of them get fucking rid of them you were there you were a superfluous oreo at this point you are useless your your cookie but the to cream are less your calories cookie to cream and I feel ratio. better when I eat those. No, yeah, have you seen the thins? Though. Have you had one of the thins? I, ha- Wait, have I have had one of the lemon thins. What? Have you seen the ones where it's like just tons of cream? What? Like, the mega stuffed? Yeah, they make them. Yeah. No. The mega stuffed? Yeah. No. Yeah. How many calories are those? Oh my god, this is terrible. <laughs> but yeah, but like my my wife doesn't understand that like I will like nutty bars, Swiss rolls, any like any sort of chocolate i will eat all of it immediately because yeah mm-hmm. yeah we all have huge coffees why because we love fucking coffee we are going to drink all of it 
I oh. particularly working overnight. So this has five shots of espresso in it. Oh my god! Oh my I drink two god. of them a day. <laughs> it's, it's a problem. Son of a bitch! That's great. That is too much caffeine. Manifesting itself mm-hmm. in coffee. All right. Well, I am out of questions. Things Carly that will kill you first. Is out of <laughs> questions. We would like to thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. A uh, quick minute for you. Uh, talk to anybody out there who's listening, struggling, needs to hear a message of hope. What do you have to say to them? Um, so uh, I guess my main thing is that if you are struggling, even if you, even if you don't think you fit what an addict is or what an alcoholic is, um, it manifests itself in so many different ways. If you are struggling, if you are at a point where it is negatively impacting your life, your mental health, um, seek help. It's worth it. It's worth it to put yourself first for once. Mm -hmm. Um, and you don't have to continue to live like that. Um, there are ways to get better. Um, and there are ways to, escape that hellhole in a healthy and productive way fantastic all right well we would like to thank our guest rebecca aka becky aka reba aka rebs uh for joining us today uh so here podcast recovery we are aiming to wait real quick eric Uh, how many calories uh well no no no. here i want to give you this this is even better so the mega stuffed Oreo. Oh my god. In a regular pack of Oreos, there are uh, 39 Oreo cookies. Mega stuffed? Is that same pack? 18. Oh. So half. That doesn't seem less than half. It's 180 for two cookies, apparently, so not bad. Okay. So, you. Yeah. All right. Here at Podcast Recovery, we're aiming to expand the scope of support for recovering addicts. Accessibility and convenience of helpful services is paramount to combating addiction. We work to bring the message of recovery to every addict, wherever and whenever it is needed. We believe that a powerful voice of recovery should be obtainable, practical, and at the touch of a button. Every addict deserves to hear a message of hope, and Podcast Recovery is here to provide it. All right, everybody, thank you for joining us once again. Uh, Go to all our social media outlets, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, YouTube, like, share, subscribe. Uh, you can find us uh, Google Play, Stitcher, uh, Buzzsprout, um, iTunes, all those good things. Uh, for more information about us, go to podcastrecovery.com. Uh, please help us keep the mics on because we are self supporting. So join our Patreon. We would love that. And we love all you guys for joining the home group. Uh, but most importantly, everybody out there, stay safe and stay clean. <laughs>